0: hi hi (laughs) long time no see yeah
1: i'm sitting in the lazy boy was cleaning so much today and now i'm broken
0: you're broken
1: <laughs> Let me my whole just, body's like why why, why are you cleaning me? because the baby's coming soon so we figured we would try to clean up well i figured i would i'm on maternity leave now so i was like i have all this you know, time but
0: come on man like put your feet up hire That's someone to now. clean the place i don't know
1: Oh, we did that. So, I was cleaning and the people were cleaning as well, but then I was like, I'm being annoying because like I'm cleaning while they're cleaning and if I were doing their job, I'd be like, fuck this lady. Please leave. <laughs> yeah.
0: I'm with the- I'm with them.
1: Oh. oh yeah. I no, they were, so- they were so so nice. people are
0: home. I hate it when people are home. Oh, yeah.
1: But then I was like, so Mark was doing supervisor training, so he was home. Oh no. So, but we like the the nursery, I've like deep cleaned the nursery already. So I was like, Don't worry about the nursery. Yeah. So Mark was sitting in here doing his training. Yeah. And then I was like, but then there were two people that showed up. So I was like, where do I go? So I was like, <laughs> I'll just tidy while you wow. Anyway.
0: Yeah. What a relief oh, to my have God. that done for
1: sure. Oh, for sure. What were you doing today? You said you were at work. Were you doing your Clean many jobs the cleaning i was cleaning job.
0: today i was cleaning so i had i got up early went to my work my boxing workout and then nice. i came home and i cleaned two houses two houses and in then, one day oh yeah two is my max now i used to do three i've done four in one day before by myself yeah oh my um, god but i don't have that energy anymore no <laughs> I run out of gas. Like I don't I get my energy level drops really quickly. And I have to keep my energy up. So I have to keep fueling, like eating and like make sure I have food in my body and stuff because it's very tiring. And um
1: Yeah. Oh yeah. And hydrating too, I'm sure. Like yeah, drinking water. chemicals, you probably get so thirsty. <laughs> yeah.
0: Yeah. Yep. Yeah, yep. Yeah, yep. Yeah. So it's a lot. And then tonight I have to cook. Like I have to, after this, I have to make a bunch of stuff for my meals that I'm making this week for my clients. And then I'm also making cupcakes because one of my boxing coaches birthdays is tomorrow. And I was going to bring cupcakes with me. You know, I promised to bring, oh, we cupcakes. better make this quick then. <laughs> well, I don't want to, it's okay. I just, I prefer earlier in the week to do it because I have yes. by this time in the week. I'm very, um, my schedule really, really gets heavy. Yeah. Uh, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. I'm so heavy, heavy, heavy. Because of the, especially now with the food, Brittany.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Well, it, that's a multi-day endeavor, probably, especially, I did I see that you sold out the last week? I sold
0: out last week. The week before was insane. I was like, what's going on all of a sudden? And now this week I'm already up to, you know, a certain number of meals. Um, Yeah, I've got, I, I'm limited in the, how I, how much I can do. I've told you this, like, I can't do 50 meals, you know, it's too much. So I limit yeah. myself to like nine or 10 orders up to you know like four people for you know each order is for two unless they order for four that's also an order you know what I mean so it's like doing all that calculating last week was so much drama I was like oh my god I messed up so bad and then I was like Oh, well, like my friend, she's like, Kelly, you're just learning. It's okay. You're now, you know, you're not going to make that mistake again. that's just Yeah. Like,
1: it's like learning her for sure.
0: Yeah. But I'm also really hard on myself. Like I spend a long time feeling really bad about making mistakes and it's not the end of the world. I just didn't make enough sauce. And ah. I ran out of sauce and it was one in the morning and I was like, oh "My God, I can't make more sauce right now. <laughs>
1: yeah like, i'm so tired
0: <laughs> i couldn't i was up till 3 a.m because i made like handmade pasta i made all this stuff right so I, and it's because i have another job i'm working and then i come home and work so i did like two full days of work in one day you know? yeah that's a
1: lot and also i sense that you're a perfectionist so i am you want I'm everything sorry. to be perfect uh, that's not a bad thing well it it easy to be hard on your harder on yourself than you should be
0: I'm not so much of a perfectionist that I didn't get the food out because that was my main concern. Just making sure the orders were filled. And listen, listen, everything was delicious. Like the noodles were great. The vegetables were really good. The dessert was amazing. I made the vegan tiramisu. That was amazing. Um, This week I'm making a, have you ever heard of Tres Leches cake? It's a Mexican cake traditionally made with like. Does it
1: have dulce de leche in it? (laughs)
0: Yeah, and it has milk. Oh, it does. It's okay. got dolce de leche and milk. So, that, this is a Mexican cake that I used to love. Like, you know, I don't, because it's vegan, I can't use dairy, right? So, a traditional one is full of dairy and it's a very moist cake because it's full of liquid, like, it's full of milk. So, you bake a cake and then you fill it up with cream. So, it's like this really moist, wet cake, and it's absolutely delicious. And I have this recipe for this vegan one and I made it yesterday to test out the recipe and I was like, wow, this is good. Like, I was surprised. I was like, this is really yummy. (laughs) That's awesome. I'm getting really good at vegan desserts.
1: (laughs) That's perfect. Well, especially, I feel like that's the way of the future too. I feel like more people are eating vegetarian and vegan. Like, it's more sustainable. So you have a good business model.
0: Well... I'm not vegan, but I do like to, like, I just had some veggie sushi, you
1: know, like I eat vegetarian as much as I can. That's what we had for dinner. Yeah. Oh yeah. Because I can eat, I can eat that. I just can't eat the, like the stuff with the fish. What did you eat? We, uh, we order from this place called monkey sushi. All of our food has been coming. Like we, okay. I'm making it sound bad because basically every night that we pod lately, we've been ordering from the but we don't order all the time. I swear. (laughs) But, um, we ordered from this place called monkey sushi. It's really, really good. Um, but yeah, apparently I, I, on the app, it says that there's no delivery people in the area. So I wonder if less people are driving Uber right now, or just there's more people ordering and not enough drivers. So things start taking longer to get here. Oh, I see what you mean. I was like, okay, what's the
0: problem? I'm just, um, I don't. Greg is my Uber Eats, so, okay. like, like, he's willing to drive anywhere for food. Like, he will drive all over the city. Like, he and he's one of these people who was born and raised in Toronto, and he just knows everywhere to go, everywhere to eat. Especially, he's very like, oh, this is place is good. This place is good. This, I don't know how he does it. I, it's an it's a skill that I just don't. You know what I mean? Like he, amazing. He, he can see a place and go, well, that looks good. And he'll just go in and buy it. I don't have that kind of, you know, that's such a good skill to have. It is a good skill. He's very brave. He'll try anything. So yeah, he's my Uber eats. He brings home food like all this Perfect. week. We have, I have not cooked.
1: <laughs> well, you're cooking for other people. So I know
0: <laughs> I feel bad though. Cause like, you know, I don't know it'll it'll all work out and i'll i will find some balance i have faith you know
1: oh you will for sure it's just like you're starting up this new thing and then you're getting back into cleaning because you were Uh you said you were taking a bit of a break at some point well i don't know how long it's been that you've been getting back into it
0: COVID made me take a break but now yeah now with the food and the cooking i have enough you know what i mean amazing it's slowly maybe phase out the cleaning but I
1: don't
0: know it's not a reality right now honestly
1: (laughs) bless you because I am bad at cleaning not bad but like I'm fine to clean I'm fine to vacuum I'm fine to mop like (sighs) but when it comes to like cleaning baseboards cleaning windows I'm like Hmm. well maybe next week
0: no most people (laughs) don't and you haven't been to my house Brittany My, my house is a disaster like everybody else's house I clean is beautiful. And every, I always joke with my clients. They're like, Oh, Kelly, you're amazing. I love coming home. You know, when I'm done cleaning their house, I'm like, yeah, can you, um, (laughs) can you send somebody over to my house? Because I literally have no time to clean my own house.
1: I filed my taxes late this year. All my clients on time. Mark. After the, the the deadline passed. Like we were getting refunds. So I was like, No rush. I got time. I got time. Yeah. yeah but no then rush. like too much time had passed, and Mark was like, You need to file my tax return, please, for the love of God. I'm like, Yeah, sorry, I'm getting on it. Listen, <laughs> I
0: filed, we filed Greg's tax. I told you the story. He's we yeah taxes that are 10 years old that we're, it's a 10 year cutoff. So we're going to send in the 2011 one at the end of the year.
1: We're doing well, it. Piece- you weren't you know. an accountant though.
0: <laughs> yeah, I know. I, I hear you, but that's typical. I had somebody say that to me. Is like, would you rather, you know, you go to a beauty salon and you go to the, do you go to the girl who looks beautiful and her, she's well-groomed and she has beautiful hair and everything or do you go to the girl who's like maybe doesn't have time to do all that and you gotta go to the girl who isn't all groomed because she's the one who does the other girl's stuff and is exactly really, she's the good one you know so I point. have my excuse and so do you
1: yes I agree
0: <laughs> oh my well, god are, are you ready to, for this baby
1: um mentally or physically <laughs>
0: I don't think you're ready. I can't believe how
1: fast this has come. Yeah. It's insane. Um, I had to go on what was yesterday? Tuesday. So yesterday yeah. um, to the midwife and they like wanted to get things because the baby's measuring big. They want to get things going naturally, which I appreciate Um, because my induction date originally was sent for the 9th, but then the hospital got back and for scheduling, it'll be the 11th. Oh no um which is still a week tomorrow which is insane um so they tried to get things going naturally which was so painful i was like yeah let's do it woo yeah natural and then i was like i need to, i need you to stop for a minute um yeah uh, so okay can we talk about this or no Listen. i want oh, to know it's so gross but yeah we can totally talk about it
0: <laughs> you called it a stretch and sweep
1: yeah they call it a stretch and sweep so they literally like get their hand right up in there oh my god and like god. as long as you're dilated already which I'm already dilated a bit oh
0: my god so you could like, like go into labor while we're on doing this podcast
1: technically yes but don't <laughs> worry my contractions would be so far apart I'd be like ow and then it would be so- like once or twice <laughs> could you imagine oh my god though okay movies don't accurately capture labor and it makes me upset because I had very like horrible expectations my midwife is like okay so you go to the hospital yeah when your contractions are four minutes apart yes lasting one minute and that lasts for like each of them last a minute and um that lasts for an hour But your contractions can start like 20 minutes apart. So you could be laboring at home for like 12 or more hours. Yeah. But in the movies, it's like my water broke, which only happens to 10% of people, apparently.
0: Oh, really? That's not a thing that happens.
1: Wow. Yeah. So anyway, lots of misconceptions.
0: Stretch and sweep. Sounds terrible. I just so gross. They get right up in there.
1: When you told me that, I was like oh i was like feeling oh, it yeah. man i told my sister-in-law and like, she was like i thought you made a typo <laughs> like no like no, this is my reality i can
0: feel the pain oh. in my vaginal walls like just
1: oh yeah oh the, the it was ache. not ideal would the not ache. recommend oh <laughs> so
0: you're like this is not good like if you feel that pain now you're like what the is this oh yeah, I walked out later. of there and I was
1: like, I don't think I can be in labor. <laughs> that was too painful. i can't do that. <laughs> can I put this back? Can somebody oh, exactly? Do How things? do I return this? <laughs> How does this work? I'm too far in. How would we so- that's a real reality
0: check, guys? It's like, oh yeah. 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 Even wow. like starting
1: Matt wasn't, I feel like that was sort of a reality check, no it more just felt when like there- I was playing like
0: they- she is like elbow deep up there stretching and sweeping your walls <laughs> and
1: massaging your uterus or whatever they do oh yeah that's reality girl 100 she's like oh i fell the baby's head i was like you what oh okay. my god <laughs> uh, that's yeah. crazy so i don't know how well this uh description is gonna go with our male viewers but you know whatever <laughs> suck it up <laughs> but this okay sorry this episode yes which is the reason we we brought together yes this is another sad one yeah kind of a kid thing too ish yeah they love their
0: dead kids eh? on this show
1: they love their dead kids and they love anyway we'll get to it yeah but i want to talk about how they portray the one geeky girl I don't oh, like it. We're gonna talk about
0: how they portray all these geeks for sure. Yes,
1: and the comments they make. I know, and it's
0: yeah. Let's uh, right. Okay, Can I get
1: started. Let's get started. Okay, since we're
0: already segueing, welcome to Squintcast. I'm Kelly. I'm Brittany. Yay! And yeah, we're Yay. gonna talk about uh, Bones season one episode twelve. What's it called?
1: the superhero in the alley
0: right perfect and, uh, all right welcome okay so let's uh i'm gonna have you start Brittany.
1: sure what um, happened so i kind of split up the first little bit into three scenes because in my mind there were three scenes so we're gonna go through them pretty quickly i think but basically it starts yeah. out with the voice of a man on the radio saying that there's a disturbing story coming out of this town where a bunch of sixth grade students found the skeletal remains of an unidentified person they did not know whether foul play was um suspected but the fbi is getting involved Mm
0: -hmm. so that's
1: sort of the beginning so we have this this radio situation yes also i lied it's split into two, two sex segments. In my mind, it's through your baby brain. Okay. Anyway, so then we um carry on and we end up with Booth talking to Colin. Cullen. Colin's um, here. Colin's Cullen here. is here. So it's happy. great. Yes. Um, he still hates Brennan, but doesn't seem to really oh make notice of it this time. But basically, Colin is saying booth you gotta you gotta solve this case asap we gotta get this figured out i don't want to open the sunday paper and and see that there's this mystery corpse dressed for halloween that was found by the church by some church kids and you still don't know what's going on because the fbi are a bunch of idiots i need this to be done asap
0: (laughs) so that's the thing this is another situation where everybody wants this to be wrapped up right away
1: hurry up exactly find the culprit you know it's but just... they need brennan and brennan is very busy investigating a 96 year 9600 year old skeleton from some mountains in china yeah which apparently is urgent even though they were found last month and it's an international case it's so live,
0: like i kind of thought that
1: was
0: cool was it like a really cool i thought it was cool and i was like I did not take the time to really Google any of this crap. Like if they actually found someone like that. I did not either. Ah, so I apologize to everyone. One day I'll do proper
1: research, but uh, (laughs) not this time. Well, it it is possible that it's real, That it's at the very least based on a real case because it's, um, the woman that bones is based on. She helps write the show. Yeah. So it's, and it's based on her life. So quite possibly we could find a case? Exactly.
0: Exactly. And she's
1: always working on these like kind of oddball cases. She does work for a museum. Right. So at the FBI is like her second or her third job, I guess, book rating.
0: It would be a cool place well, to work.
1: That would be. Yeah. And then you get so, to work with Booth? Yes. Uh go on. It would be great. Sorry. Okay. So, they're in the alley. <laughs> booth after thanking Colin somewhat sarcastically for punting the case to him yeah um ends up talking to brennan they approach the body there is a skeleton which has a bag beside beside it yeah um the bag has some maggots in it it appears that there's some paper in the bag but it's been degraded because of the maggots and bodily tissues. I don't know how it appears that the body has been there for a while, but I don't know how it's been there so long because it's an alley. Yeah. But it's in a city. I don't anyway. And yeah.
0: it's, it's, I the don't know, skeleton
1: I... has armor on it. Yes. Brennan thinks it's some sort of sex costume or something. Brennan? I thought, it was, Booth. I thought it was Booth that went there. Oh, no. oh you're right. It was Booth automatically goes notes. to like sex play and that's
0: true. he keeps talking about the maggots he just keeps bringing them look at the maggots gross maggots maggots and i i, I agree i'm with booth i really hate maggots like that's pretty oh, gross. I really they give me the heebie-jeebies uh,
1: yeah well i guess they're trying to make the point that the body's been there a while but it's like okay we get it like this was once a person and now it's a skeleton you don't need to show us the maggots that's fine <laughs> we get it and then he died and it was sad
0: and unfortunately
1: he died (laughs) he died go on so zach is there as well he's taking some pictures uh, making some comments about how this individual ended up in this position they're suggesting that perhaps he fell from the top of the building and that's how he ended up with so many uh different fractures and breaks in his bones um and basically at the end of the day long story short after looking at the body booth needs to know is this a murder yeah or did he fall off the roof right that's they have to ID the body they got to ID them and figure it out yeah exactly so booth tries to smile sexy at Brennan to be like hey are you gonna work on this instead of that report of the Chinese mountain lady you found yes and she's like okay well sure i'll do it whatever
0: i know it's just like don't charm don't charm me (laughs) i their their interactions in this episode were fun oh yeah like flirting but i noticed that booth looks like he got a haircut did you notice he got a haircut
1: he does yeah he got a haircut which i always find that kind of funny like in terms of continuity, like how obviously people get haircuts all the time. I could go yeah. into work and shave my head <laughs> the next day. That's fine. Uh, I won't do that, but I could, I Could too. <laughs> but like for continuity, it's always interesting. I always wonder like how many weeks or days or hours or between each of these episodes, like Weird. how many interactions have they had between for them to go from like fun and somewhat flirty to like, whoa, this is flirty behavior, not just social thinking.
0: Isn't that interesting? They're far more, in this episode in particular, it'll come up again, I'm sure, in their interactions Um, in this episode in particular. I just felt like, yeah, they were particularly intimate, the way they were talking to each other. And I just, I thought Booth's haircut was funny because he looks like 12 years old. Anyway.
1: (laughs) That seems to happen with guys when they cut their hair or, you know what? Beards especially, but he doesn't have a beard, but still. Right. Like a beard can go from like, okay, that person's 40 to has he hit puberty?
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Greg looks so, I don't know. He shaved his, shaves his head and his face and he just looks like a big baby. So funny right now.
1: he's I'm trying to think if he's, has he grown a beard recently? Uh, well,
0: he usually does one a year. He does them in the winter okay. time. So he's growing his new winter beard right now. Very nice. It's in the awkward place where it's like, you know, too long for stubble
1: and too short for beard. So he's got to push through.
0: Honey, it takes two minutes. He's a hairy, hairy man.
1: <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> so go on. Okay. So that, that was it for those two scenes that I called three in the beginning. Yeah. But now we're back at the Jeffersonian and we're looking at some body. Here we are. <laughs> this episode. So I actually watched it with Mark. Yeah. I watched it twice, but I had seen it before, obviously, because I've watched the whole s- series before. And when I was watching it, I knew instantly what had happened is to me for some reason, and I don't know what it is about this episode, but this was a particularly memorable episode for me. So as we were watching it, I was like, oh, my God, I remember what happens. Like, I, I remember mean, these characters. It was the I weirdest thing.
0: A, I saw it a couple of times, too, because I saw it initially a while ago. And then again the other day. And I was just like, I don't remember. The, I don't. It's the opposite for me. I was
1: like, what's going on here? <laughs> but it, it it's a, weird how some you remember and some it's like, oh, uh, yeah. I don't think I've seen this before. Very vague, very vague. <laughs> I Sorry, even I cut you off. About
0: this one particular person who shows up in this episode. It's interesting.
1: Regardless, yes.
0: back to our story, everyone. Back at the lab, we have uh, everyone looking at the body. I think it's just Zach and Brennan, right?
1: And, and Hodgins is there as well. Oh, Hodgins. Hodgins. God. I know, easy to forget because you like him so much. <laughs>
0: i i'll he was barely in this episode so i'm okay with that yeah he had a
1: very small
0: (laughs) very small and he was annoying every time he showed up but anyway uh so they're basically looking over the body and they decide that this victim is a teenager and they've Hodgins somehow assumes that they all assume that they're a teenager because of the um, graphic novel they found in the bag that this sort of deteriorated bits of cellulose that were in the bag full of maggots was actually a graphic novel. So the assumption was that this victim was a teenager based on, well, obviously physical reasons, but also because they had a graphic novel because apparently only teenagers read graphic novels. I don't
1: know. Ridiculous.
0: This whole, this is where this starts for me. This whole weird, weird concept. Like this is not that long ago and they're acting like they've never heard of graphic novels and
1: (laughs) comic books for God's sake apparently these are all the rage now so my niece just had her 11th birthday yeah and we were asking her before her birthday we're like what do you like what what do you want for your birthday right because i hate to get something that i think is great Mm. she either already has it or she's like oh thank you so much this is so great (laughs) (laughs) she's way she's way too nice she would probably say that she would loves it anyway but yeah. Anyway, she is very into graphic novels right now. And I was amazed at how much graphic novels have taken off. Like the last couple of years, they make graphic novels out of everything now. Mm. Like you can get Babysitter Club yeah. graphic novels, Nancy Drew graphic novels. Yeah.
0: Yeah. No, I didn't know that. for a long time, actually. And a long time. They're just like kind of, they're very, um, they're super mainstream now. That's all. Like they've it's always so been so cool. They've always been there. I had and, no idea. Um, all we grew up with comic books. Did you not have... Um, I was an Archie comic person. I collected Archie comics.
1: I also did this. Big
0: fan. I love Archie comics. And I wish I still had that collection. Because it was quite extensive. And then uh, my brother was an artist. like He loved to draw. So he collected... They were comics that were fantasy comics, like Conan the Barbarian, he was a particular fan of. And I used to read them, I used to read them too, but they were done, like the artwork was done, like I still remember, like you knew who drew each issue, you knew the artist's name and you was like, oh, it was drawn by Frank, uh, what was the name? I want to say Frank Frizzell but I might be wrong. I can correct myself later, but there's particular artists that I preferred to in the Conan books. And I read them all. I love them. And yeah, so we, I grew up with all that stuff and now, and then they became this real cottage industry. People are like, wow.
1: It's very best. Now thing. I was, I was so surprised. I, I didn't realize how popular they'd become. Yeah. So when she said like that, she loves these graphic novels and she's showing me this graphic novel about this girl who has a cat and i was like when i yeah. think of graphic novels i think of like i zombie i think of like yeah. marvel comics dc comics yeah like archie comics i don't think of like a yeah. story about a babysitter
0: well i mean think of like the walking dead that was a graphic yeah. novel, you know before it became a tv show right that so it's amazing I think it's pretty cool. It's a really interesting subculture. Anyway, I'm we're off on a. Booth doesn't think so. <laughs> what? Yeah, Booth doesn't Booth think so. Booth but we agree. But really, <laughs> like Booth. Anyway, we'll talk about it. But it, we'll get it, there. It's more Brennan. I thought was really judgmental of these oh yeah teenagers with like leave them alone. I know. <laughs> like they're allowed to oh, do. It was this. so bad. Oh, anyway, because I wrote in my notes, everyone reads these now. Don't be so dumb. It's a thing. It's a thing. (laughs) Uh, Anyway, so then Zach, this is, I know we went off on this tangent about it, but Zach claims that he never read comic books. And I call bullshit on that. Like, there's no way a guy like Zach did not read comic books.
1: They seem surprised too. Even Hodgins is like, like, really? I thought you would be very into this like Like, starts naming things off which reminded me yeah star wars star trek stargate battle battle star galactica yeah when he said that did you ever watch the office (laughs) the american one no okay in the american one there's this character dwight Schroot.
0: i know dwight like i know (laughs) i've seen episodes yes
1: okay so there's this scene where they're like beats bears battle star galactica and for some reason when Hodgins was like Star Wars, Star Trek, Stargate, Battlestar Galactica. I was like, <laughs> Dwight Schrute. <laughs> anyway, we're never going to get through this scene if I keep interrupting. I know, so.
0: it's bad, And we just started. <laughs> oh, my God. Go on. Sorry. So
1: okay. tell uh, after
0: uh, they examined the body a bit more, they determined that the boy was dropped after death. Therefore, it is uh, deemed a murder. This is a murder. dun. And no need for Angela in this episode uh, to identify this uh, victim because they actually used dental records and they uh, figure that uh, they find out his name was Warren something. You'll probably know the last name. Granger. Granger. Okay. He's 17 years old. And I wrote, where's Angela with her pictures? (laughs)
1: And I showed him smiling because he had a beautiful life. He
0: didn't commit suicide. Anyway.
1: Oh my God.
0: So Booth and Brennan go to the family home to I tell them about this terrible tragedy. And we, we could spend hours talking about these parents.
1: I'm sorry. Oh my god. <laughs> Looks like a nice house though. Yeah, like, but- super nice house. Oh, my God. Brennan makes a comment about how nice the house is. Like, wow, this is a a beautiful home. And Booth is like, every family has its secrets, Bones. (laughs) Like, she's just saying it's a nice looking house. Same as all the other ones in the neighborhood. It doesn't have to be a haunted house.
0: (laughs) But the parents are so terrible.
1: Oh, they're horrible.
0: They're terrible. (laughs) I couldn't believe it. And then, like, anyway... The stepdad could not care any less. Like he barely
1: oh yeah.
0: He barely emotes at all that this kid, 17. If if one of Greg's kids died when he was seven, oh my God, I would like, I would be so devastated. Maybe yeah,
1: right? beside yourself. That would be a normal reaction. The mother like can't even be in the room. She walks out crying and the dad's like yeah he was a bit of a loser oh my god (laughs) he had no friends but also no enemies so he was a loser he just was a loner read comic books oh my god (laughs) anyway they,
0: they go to the kid's room to like look around and try to get some clues right and um i noticed this room is so clean the way they talked about him, I was like, oh, he must
1: have, like, this pig star of a room. But it was, like, immaculate. Oh, yeah. My room does not look like that. <laughs> Even after is... the cleaning people have been here. My
0: room is <laughs> disgusting.
1: <laughs> Especially compared to
0: this one. Oh, my gosh. Go it's on, also go.
1: huge. Like, this whole room is the size of my condo. This is a nice house. I and know. his parents don't care about him
0: they literally
1: don't like I was shocked at how
0: unfazed the stepfather was and then the mother I was like why aren't you freaking out right now like she should be absolutely falling down on the ground like devastated like holy crap anyway
1: yeah well at least they leave them eventually and then Booth and Brennan can just do their snooping by themselves yeah I love this I love
0: it when Booth and Brennan are left to their in a room to snoop i just think oh it's yeah. really they're just funny.
1: like oh they're let's, like let's take a look and Velma or whatever when they're looking around like oh look what i found <laughs> this this scene reminded me of the scene from the episode the boy in the tree i think it was called right yeah yes! yeah it's interesting they're walking uh, around the room they are making some comments to each other like sidebar brennan calls booth a nerd because he liked a comic book and understood the value of one of them i
0: know and he's like i'm not a nerd i'm a geek yeah i'm not a nerd i'm a geek there's a difference but he's like wow this is worth like 300 bucks and this is what i mean by the stepdad being so stupid about the comic books like these are really worth a lot of money like they're
1: amazing His collection's shocking and the dad's like oh he just spent all of his time on this worthless junk (laughs) okay that's cool (laughs) so we find out during this scene that not only does he read this useless junk but he also writes it longhand with a ballpoint pen right right and we know this because brennan uses the age-old trick oh yeah use a pencil like you would uh, over a coin, to try to trace it.
0: Yeah, uh, careful rubbing. <clears throat> is, uh, the
1: in the paper. Yeah, and sees yeah. what he wrote last.
0: Yes, but before that, Brittany, you missed my one of my favorite things. No, what happened? Um, Brennan gets a text on her phone, and she pulls oh. out her phone, and it's a freaking sidekick with the sliding keyboard. Did you notice that it was like a sliding screen and keyboard and she's
1: like, we will come into the 21st century by the end of this series. Listen, I love that
0: phone. I wanted that so hard. It was the same phone that Veronica Mars had, like it's a little sidekick that you slide up. Oh my God. That was so great. Anyway, she gets this text from Zach and then she, this is the, this is what I mean by Booth and Brennan having these interactions because uh, she tells him some information about what Zach has found about the body that, you know, his uh, forearms were broken. And then she explains to Booth what, because she calls them Olni. And he goes, I know what an Olni is. Like he, <laughs> she's like yeah, explaining an science to him. And he's like, I, you know, I do pay attention. Like he knows what's going on. Like I understand what you're saying, you know? And I just thought that was an interesting thing where he's like paying attention to these little things. You know what I mean?
1: I love that. And I love that. It's kind of, to me, that was sort of a, even though I forgot to talk about it, um, it was kind of a nod to the audience too. Like she's like, it's the arms. And I was like, I actually knew that. Yeah. (laughs) Just like most people do. Yeah. I also have a Bachelor of Health Sciences. So if I didn't know... That that would be problematic. Wow, Brittany. I don't know a well, lot of things. You, so much. you should know oh. that though. You're right. <laughs> Maybe just, you know, the arm bones, the leg bones, like the basics. All connected to the arm bones, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah. I also so... forgot to mention mm-hmm. at the end of this scene. Yes. That not only do we find out that he is the writer of this. Um, graphic novel, mm-hmm. Citizen 14, but it appears that that is where he got the idea for the outfit he was wearing. So it was yeah. not a sexual bondage suit, as yeah, Booth yeah. had in- initially implied.
0: I also was laughing at the whole pencil rubbing thing because I, I wrote I wrote that to The old pencil over the last piece of paper used, like it like, like it only
1: works if they use a pen and hard enough. Yeah. You gotta be like
0: pressing really hard on the paper to get that Jean kind of problem. angst. I know, but I love it. It's like spy tricks. Oh yeah. <laughs> we used to do that when I was a kid. We, my mom, when she was hunting once found a, an abandoned cemetery, uh, from like the 1600s. Oh my gosh. Where I used to live in, uh, Rockport, New Brunswick. It's off the road. And it's like this abandoned little cemetery with maybe a dozen graves and a church foundation that wasn't there anymore. Like the church is gone. And uh, we, we, we went back to that place so we could do those pencil rubbings on the gravestones because some of them had fallen over. Like it was completely abandoned. So so we could get their names and like their dates and everything like that. So we uh, that was one place I use. That is so cool. It is really cool. And I still, to this day, like, I want to go back and try to find it again. Cause it's still hidden and nobody really, people used to know about it, but now it's like, it's really hard to find. And it's so abandoned and grown over. Like you have to kind of know where to go. I think I could find it. I think I could find it. That's so awesome. Yeah. She just like- went, uh, walked off the road to go pee in the bush because she was walking on the road with her gun like she was hunting and she's like I had to go pee so she went into the bush she found these
1: gravestones. it's wild that right? would be kind of creepy depending on the time of day <laughs> like if there was fog Ooh. but it's still really cool <laughs> yeah anyway go on I apologize like we did, these we did are, again these are Sorry. great asides <laughs> now we get the opening credits yes We're now in Angela's office back at the Yay! Jeffersonian. <laughs> so she is basically, she was given a job because she didn't have to draw a picture of the victim. Uh-huh. Um, she was going through the papers that were degraded in the bag. And she's trying to come up with what was on the pages, basically, because it was, it was some sort of handmade prototype. At this point, we're thinking it's that comic book that was starring himself. I think that Booth even comments on that. So they're trying to figure out, okay, what's in these books? What was in this book? And we get a a little glimpse of Goodman's skills here because he is good at reading people, understanding people. Mm -hmm. Um, He's an anthropologist, right? I think. So basically, his opinion Mm -hmm. is that a lot of people when they're writing bring some real life fears and conflicts into their writing right especially when you have a case of an adolescent writer um who's using this sort of as as an outlet
0: they're talking about him like he's a weirdo
1: yeah like it's so weird that he wrote this book and which I'm is right. amazing that he wrote this book that's exactly. pretty incredible it's talent it's very
0: talented and creative like They're talking about him like he's some crazy guy. And it's just like, guys, these people are rich now. you got to, like, get with the time.
1: Yeah, exactly. Like, no, he could have his own Netflix special on this this book. Exactly. But sadly and unfortunately, he died. Yeah. So it wouldn't be able to happen. But still, by the end of the scene, Booth is like, okay, let's go find some friends. His parents don't think that there are any friends, but I, I bet you there are. Yeah when we were back in his room we realized that he bought comic books at this one comic book store so let's go there right
0: and what happened maybe his
1: friends are there
0: what happens we walk into this comic book store who are they
1: talking to jesse pinkman from Breaking <laughs> <Back>. <laughs> <laughs> who, later they talk about him like they talk about people the men of the show Needing to be anyway, I'll I'll come back to it. I'm gonna give way too much away. It's okay. He has the worst hair. He has such bad hair, such bad hair. This is before his big break. Mm -hmm. So he is the Jesse Pinkman's there. He is managing this comic book store,
0: also known as Aaron Paul. Everybody, come on. Yeah,
1: sorry, Jesse Pinkman. (laughs) I forgot his real name. I just remember his character name
0: on Breaking Bad. Yo, yo, he always said yo, yo. Anyway, his
1: character was amazing on Breaking Bad. Oh, Jesse Pinkman is no, he's uh,
0: he will forever live on in our hearts. Yes, 100%. He,
1: yeah, he's He's been in other stuff, including this, but that was the role of a lifetime, so yeah, Jesse Pinkman. I agree. So he's being a bit like standoffish, I find. Mm -hmm. he's answering booth's questions um at this karma comic store but booth and brennan are are in there talking to him um he's finding out for the first time that this guy warren granger the victim it has uh passed away and he kind of just plays off that he's yeah he's a nice guy I, i know who he is Booth suspects that he's not telling him everything because he seems a bit nervous, a bit apprehensive to kind of talk to them. Um, they hear some noise from upstairs, some thumping, and they realize that there is a a group, a doomsday group that um the upstairs of this comic comic book store gets rented out to on Thursday nights, and Warren. The victim was actually a part of this group. Uh, thank you for taking the full scene to give Booth this piece of information. Oh my god, I know, right? <laughs> uh, um, so anyway, so they, they ended up they end up going up there. And when they get up there, we see these really, really cool people mm-hmm. just trying to live their lives. Yep. That Brennan is like, oh, a bunch of freaks are up here. That's cool. <laughs> Like, okay, so they're, to paint the picture. They're wearing some costumes. Mm-hmm. They look like superheroes or like vigilantes. Yeah. They're playing some loud music. Mm-hmm. You feel the teen angst. Oh, coming from this room.
0: Coming through the screen. Oh, yeah. So much oh, yeah. angst. So what's going on? Well, Brennan, they all go up there. So Booth and Brennan go up there, and some dickhead walks up to her and tells her to leave. This is a private function.
1: And Booth (laughs) Yasutani the
0: Terrible Yasutani the Terrible He introduces himself as They all have these interesting character names Um, And Booth goes Hey uh, uh, He says uh, "Oh, What did he say Oh I'm not sure if you know this But this is a real live
1: woman Like he's pointing at Brennan something you don't see very often not something
0: you see very much it's a real live woman
1: (laughs) but there's a girl in the room
0: yeah but i know what he means she's like a real woman like she's a mature educated independent woman yeah she's not a teenager and uh (laughs) this is another moment that booth is being like weirdly intimate and flirtatious with her in a way like by being like well look it's a
1: woman you know oh for sure um and brennan doesn't pick up on it because she's obsessed with the fact that these people are like geeky in her opinion a bit weird she comments out loud she's like the costumes the social awkwardness the active fantasy life yep the victim would fit right into this subgrouping
0: i know she's like to brennan speak english he's having your own like conversation over on one side and i noticed in the scene too that booth does not identify himself as an fbi agent at all doesn't flash his badge nothing it was aaron paul slash jesse pinkman slash
1: steve what, what's his character what is what is his name i can't remember ellis
0: some steve or something
1: anyway yeah
0: he's the one who points out these people are with the fbi you know and i just thought it was really funny that he never never said anything like booth never introduced himself and then the, this guy the dickhead what's his name the terrible the, the...
1: yasutani the terrible yes he, he speaks claims, for this clan yes he's
0: claims to be the leader of the clan this doomsday group and his name is
1: actually jeremy kuznetsky though
0: yeah it's so funny I, this is another scene where uh, booth was hilarious in this scene because i felt like he wasn't even being remotely very hard on them at all like he just wasn't being a hard ass at all with these kids when normally i would think booth would be strong arming them and being really tough and
1: oh for sure and annoyed with them taking like, them
0: downtown to grill them and stuff you know exactly
1: but it's but- wild
0: so he just a kind of jokingly says, you know, you're going to have to use your real names, uh, guys. Like, I can't do this anymore with the characters. It's just like, it's just funny. Just they seem to go there, meet these kids and leave. I was like, they should be bringing these kids in to like interview them.
1: Properly. Oh, for sure. They, they kind of exactly. Exactly. They they he literally just talks to them, gets their names. It's a murder investigation. Yeah. This that one girl that that was kind of what bothered me from the get-go yeah there's this one okay all the guys are like a little bit um interesting i i wonder if he didn't bring them in because they all seem so shocked that he was dead um but they're basically like oh citizen 14's dead that's crazy oh yeah his name is also warren yeah yeah we know that yeah and this this one girl like they're upset about it the guys Right, but this one girl finds out that this worn guy has died. Yeah, and she literally loses it. Is so yeah. upset that she just gets up and leaves abruptly, like crying. Where are you like, going, he was girl? My
0: friend. Like, come back and talk to us. Your friend was murdered.
1: Let's have a chat. Like, they just let her go. Yeah, <sighs> it's anyway. weird. What happens on the way back to the lab? We have our car scene. Yeah, it's great. Yeah. So Brennan goes on to continue to call this um group of friends a subculture and says that they are that these people are giving her the creeps. Booth agrees that while they are creepy, um like he describes them a little bit more into like okay, so not while they're creepy, he agrees that they're creepy. Right. And starts kind of describing them as the Columbine type. Like, oh yeah, these are the kids that like, they yeah. want to just like tutor you in math. Like that's not the type of geeks there. They're like the set the school on fire geeks. Like Columbine nerds, dark, dark nerds.
0: I didn't get that vibe from them at all.
1: I didn't either. And Booth is talking about how, you know, they get high. They play these games. I did not get any indication that these kids were high. No. At all. No, no, <laughs> no, not me either. So I don't know. Maybe I was seeing a different scene than Booth was seeing, but. Yeah. They're painting these kids like weirdly.
0: I just thought it was like, I thought they were just like gothy kind of, you know, yeah. comic book kids like whatever they're cosplayers or whatever. like
1: Exactly. That they're just, they're harmlessly doing their own thing. Harmless. And yeah. They seem to indicate that Booth seems to imply, even though they've just let these kids go without questioning yeah. them, yeah. that, yeah, one of these kids could absolutely have been so delusional that they murdered Citizen 14 yeah, and didn't even realize that they committed a crime. And yet
0: you didn't question them for very long, didn't bring them in for any kind of interview. Weird.
1: Yeah. Right? And now by the end of this scene, Hodgins is going to be asked to test Warren's hair yes. for drugs. Yeah.
0: I mean, okay. They have to do that, right? They
1: should do that anyway.
0: I know. They should do it anyway. But not but for still. the reasons that they're saying, you
1: know? No. <clears throat> so back in the lab. Back the Jeffersonian. Tell me more.
0: We have uh, Angela who has uh, mag- done some magic and revived Warren's comic book from the the dead, the dead maggot-filled bag. And we have Goodman. Goodman is here. And I'm happy to see Goodman. He was obviously... Um, he's in this episode, and he plays an interesting role in this episode. I like that he's here. I always love it when he's here. But it's it's sort of, I feel like, personally they kind of shoehorned him in just to make sure he got some work that week or something I don't know because they're not
1: including yeah they didn't make a lot of use well
0: they're not including him enough in the show as it is so they have to sort of write him in somewhere you know because I mean the guy's got to work he's got to get paid you know
1: so anyway
0: I was like, I wrote my, my theory was that the actor was mad because he wasn't in enough show episodes and he has to have a certain number of episodes probably to make a certain amount or get his union, uh, (laughs) what's that, what's that called the actor, you know, insurance or whatever. So
1: insurable hours.
0: (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) So he's He's like, like, ah, excuse
1: me, it's going to be a couple, get me in there.
0: Let me get paid so that I can get my insurance. Thank
1: you. <laughs> I am an archaeologist. I have a business. <laughs> Which I called him an anthropologist earlier. Uh, I apologize. It was I the other word. Meant. It's okay. Call it baby no. brain. Yeah.
0: Let's well, stretch and swept. Yeah. Um so oh. Angela and Goodman are talking about Warren, the victim who created the comic. And they start sort of talking about Warren's psychological state based on the comic that they're reading. Anyway, it's very much, um, very presumptuous. A lot of the stuff that they're talking about, I feel like, I don't know who this is for. I just don't understand who, why they're explaining this to the audience. Like, I don't know. It paints people who, read graphic novels, write graphic novels, enjoy cosplay, all these things. It paints them in a very bad way, I feel, so.
1: Yeah, I, I don't think that this episode did a good job of Ugh. of that, for sure. Like, they kind of paint this subculture, for lack of better words, into a corner a, a little bit. Yeah, go on. Um, What I find interesting, because you can never have an episode without talking about how booth wants to have sex with angela oh my god this is so Um, (laughs) funny (laughs) what i found interesting is how goodman brings up that um yeah like you said that yeah warren wrote about these things in his book and in his uh in his graphic novel and they imply things about him so things like he's afraid of actual physical death um Brennan seems to think like like how how are you gonna get all that information out of that? Yeah. Um, and Goodman points out to her, like, there's some level of reality when you're writing. Yeah. Um Which is is true. You write what you know, you know. Exactly. Write what you know. So um her they kind of go through some examples. So Goodman says, like Brennan, in your books, you're you paint archaeologists um to to be good administrators because they enjoy tedium. And Angela comments that artists are doomed to a life of loneliness because they are unable to think beyond instant gratification. Yeah. Like whoa, that's deep. Harsh. Um and then not so deep, uh FBI Oof. guys are hot and Angela wants to have sex with uh Booth. That's what yeah. he says. And, and Angela's Angela, just like Angela yeah. Goes,
0: Angela goes, "Yeah, exactly." Like she's <laughs> totally agreeing.
1: I agree. <laughs> <laughs> like keep it in your pants, Angela. I thought that was so funny. Oh, it was so good. Booth
0: just like very like, yeah, you basically said FBI agents are hot. Or he said, was it here? No, it's later. Oh, he does. He
1: says FBI. So you say FBI guys are hot. Yeah. Oh my God. (laughs) I love how Angela's like, yeah, totally. (laughs) Yeah. I would totally do that. (laughs)
0: And Brendan kind of takes this in stride. Like she just kind of goes, meh, she doesn't even really react.
1: (laughs) Oh, yeah. She looks like a little bit uncomfortable, but she's also like, um, I'm gonna go look at the remains because you guys are coming up with like a bunch of like random theories, and this isn't good police work. Theories! Ah (laughs) like (laughs) this is psychology evidence or give me death. Exactly. Exactly. That is her opinion. She's part of this subculture. Uh, what happened well Warren's body's on the table yeah they're on the platform it's Zach and Brennan there they are trying to um figure out more about this about this victim they've confirmed Hodgins has confirmed that there was no drug use at all but they want Brennan wants Zach to clean the bones to kind of take a look get a further look at the bones figure out sort of what weapon was used to kill him They have some weird kind of conversation about him getting into comic books because he's been reading them lately, trying to catch up on all those years. He read 12 comic books in the last 24 hours. Right. Um, And yeah, basically, he has to hit, he's been given a task. He has to go clean the bones, find a weapon, and maybe he'll read another comic book. Well, that was not assigned to him.
0: This scene was interesting because I felt like it was indicative of how self-aware Zach is?
1: Very much so.
0: bet more than Brennan. I actually liked him in this episode. I thought there was actual character development here. Like he talks about why he liked the comic books and how he could relate to this idea of having superpowers and the sort of escape from, you know, the reality of whatever sort of situation he's in and then he she brennan was like why why would you want to do that like why would you want to escape you you are so great or whatever and he's like well he says like i'm weird like he says people like i don't i can't talk to people and it's like he he talked a lot about his he really
1: related to the story i really
0: anyway i just
1: appreciated this i appreciated the scene for exactly that And the fact that he is so self-aware makes him, over the series, makes him one of the most likable characters out of all of the characters, I think, on the show.
0: Yeah. Oh, that was what he said. He said he said people resent him for being smart. Yes. Yeah. You know, it's that's his superpower, but they also resent him for it at the same time.
1: Yeah. And He, he was saying, yeah, intelligence is his superpower, but it's also a handicap to him is it it holds him back in ways like yeah it's great for work but it prevents him from making connections with people
0: yeah i just thought that was really insightful anyway very deep yeah it was deep it was good for zach but brennan brings it back to the victim and she says that he was this is an important little piece of thing they find out that he was basically stabbed in the back like they're saying that he was stabbed from behind
1: yeah And uh, that's an interesting revelation that we discover. I like how this scene does end with Brennan acknowledging that he will be a real hero in the real world after he cleans the bones and finds the weapon. (laughs) Exactly. I thought that was sweet.
0: Yeah. she, She has these four sort of, I don't say maternal, they're more sisterly, I feel, these moments with him. Where's it's she? only with Zach though. No, yeah, nobody else for sure. Yeah. Like even Angela and her, I like their friendship baffles me. But... So
1: weird. <laughs> <laughs> Angela's like, have sex with Booth, but also I want to. Exactly. What <laughs> happens next? So, next scene, we get introduced to um I'm gonna move. I'm gonna I'm shifting. Okay, sounds good. We get introduced to this female presence. This um New character that they've uncovered in Citizen 14, the graphic novel that was found in the bag. Uh, they're speculating as to the purpose of this uh new character, which they're calling the Opalescence, uh, which I think was the name of the character in the, the actual book. Angela speculates that he wrote this character for his own masturbatory materials, which is kind of gross, but Goodman, fortunately makes the point that this is a story that he's trying to he's basically this kid warren had written this story to show that citizen 14 is going to protect this this blue woman um this female opalescence character um and perhaps this is some there's some sign that there's romantic love involved. Right. When we first met the uh, group of teens that were part of the subculture, there was a girl that was dressed in blue. Uh, so they start to speculate if that's someone that maybe that they should be questioning. Uh, and Goodman does agree.' It's, it's just Angela and Goodman in this in this scene. Yeah, and I guess that's something that they uh, that they talk to booth about. Because we end up in the FBI building and Brennan and Booth have brought in Blue Minnow, a.k.a. Ab- Abigail. Um, the girl who had ran off crying in that first scene on the second story of the, the comic book story.
0: Yeah. so well, They bring this girl in to interview her. Her name's Abigail Zeely, like you said. They're in Booth's office. What I find hilarious is that she's being interviewed and she's reading a comic book while she's being interviewed. And I wrote down, like, who wrote this? Who wrote this shit? Like, nobody does that. Like,
1: No, especially when you're brought into the FBI. You take that seriously. Like,
0: even if you're the most defiant, most rebellious teenager in the whole wide world, you would never just sit there like, reading a comic book while you're being interviewed and answering the questions really flippantly about a guy who was freaking murdered who you were apparently in love with? Like, come on! Uh,
1: anyway. This scene also fun. bothers me because we get the sense from this scene that, yes, she liked Warren. Yeah. But this wasn't something that was necessarily reciprocated, reciprocated from Warren. Yeah. Right. Right. That he was a very nice guy, but he had a girlfriend and wasn't necessarily interested in her in that way. Yeah, but she seems kind of obsessive. That they're painting her that way, so yeah, it's weird. The way that they um, talk about, we we find out that two of the guys that were, um gathered on the second floor of the comic book store uh actually have criminal records yeah exactly and she's like well it's just like little things it's like vandalism trespassing it's like you can't take those seriously that's like those aren't real crimes that like you you even it's not interesting and brennan suggests like what would be where brennan says what would be interesting as a crime and she's kind of like well, it, it has to be something that actually means something. And when Booth says, suggests murder, mm-hmm. and she says, yeah, yeah, like murder, that would be something interesting. I'm like, okay, I'm getting creep vibes from this girl now. I was not getting it before. No, they, yeah. But it's she, just
0: the writing. I think it's just, yeah. She's being painted in a certain way. But more yeah. importantly, Brittany.
1: Yes. Tell me more.
0: The chairs in Booth's office are amazing, and I want them.
1: I'm trying to picture what they look like.
0: I should go back and take a photograph of them because I just Please love these chairs. They're really nice chairs that
1: they're I'm trying seeing. to imagine.
0: I can't remember what they look like right now, but I'll find them anyway. I'm just in love with those chairs. I wrote it down on my notes. It was very important. Anyway, (laughs) the interview ends with Booth. um, (laughs) He was like first suspecting Abigail of the murder because of her jealousy. And then he unsuspects her that Abigail murdered Warren because of jealousy saying that, Oh, what was it? So, Oh, I wrote it down. It's very confusing my notes, but basically Booth was like suspecting her of murdering him because she was jealous that he had a girlfriend. And then, um, she was like you said going on about the other members of the group being
1: posers yeah that's i don't know they just how did they end the interview they just they kind of just leave it off like she's like oh yeah murder would definitely constitute as something interesting so they leave off this scene kind of like wait did she kill him because yeah, it's why would me- she have killed him because she's obsessed with him that's kind of weird yeah. It's,
0: it's weird. I agree. They left I don't it so know. open-ended and I was even confused obviously based on my notes. Regardless, we're back at the Angelator. What's happening? We are. So we have uh, Angela. She's made some insane animation of how Warren was killed and somehow the the animation of warren looks exactly like the actor in the photograph that they showed earlier uh, being murdered by what basically i've decided is thanos from the marvel universe (laughs) (laughs) it's like this massive tall muscular weird blue villain that has killed him in her animation is that from the comic book
1: I think so. Oh, I think that that's the idea. It's I'm so stupid! To be from the I, I was like, but, why is this... Why is he assailant? Why does he look like Thanos? <laughs> he lo- 100% he looks like Thanos. <laughs> oh, I feel stupid. No, still. I right. it. <laughs> you should not. <laughs> I guess, you know what? This, this came out before the Marvel movies did, but the comics were out. Maybe it was loosely based on that. I don't know. It's kind of cool that they can put together these scenes um on the Angelator. That she's so talented.
0: She's so talented. That- I love her.
1: <laughs> they do figure out that they kind of help, it, it helps them to narrow down who the suspected killer could be. Because um they r- realize that the cause of death was a severed spinal cord, as you said, and in order to do that, it would have to be someone strong enough to sever the spinal cord in one go. Um, so they're suggesting what about the stepdad, the other kids at the comic shop, mm-hmm. and he's saying, yeah, all of them could be the killer, depending on the weapon. Or that's what Bre- that's a Bo- uh, sorry. Bones is saying. But the murder would have to be between 5'10 and 6'1. Right. Which to me eliminates Aaron Paul because that guy is not very tall. No. And
0: Abigail's off the table too.
1: Yes. He's 5'8, by the way. I was
0: Googling it. So that's all we get from that scene is basically Angela really loves animation and they decide the assailant's really tall. And Zach is cleaning the bones. Right, that's our next scene. So I called, a, I called it back in the boiler room. So they're in this room where this boiler is. They must have some kind of special ventilation in that room because my God. Oh yeah. Could you imagine? It would stink. It would be so bad. So he's reading comic books. He's reading Bugs Bunny comic books. Hodgins walks in and starts making fun of him for reading Bugs Bunny. And then I want to know... Okay, so anyway, Hodgins. Hodgins is giving him the gears. Mm -hmm. And then Zach is like saying, actually, no, Bugs Bunny is very similar to the Greek myths. So he starts comparing Bugs Bunny to all these mythical kind of stories. And um, we watch Zach do this thing. And I would love to know how accurate this is, honestly. First of all, he opens up the lid of the boiler And he starts retrieving these cleaned bones out of this huge steam kettle, it seems, with tongs, like he's taking, like, ribs
1: out of the oven or something. (laughs) Yeah. And then putting one bone on one tray. At a time. Each tray gets a bone. (laughs) Well, I can see why they want to keep
0: them separate, but they didn't keep them separate in the boiler, but regardless... this is this thing and also is he wearing gloves or a mask or anything like what's happening
1: here i didn't see a mask i think he was wearing gloves but still (laughs) more care should be given even though it's only a four percent peroxide solution ah that's the other thing i want to check accuracy on whether it would cause some sort of systemic deterioration in the bones perhaps some bubbling and pitting on the periosteum
0: Yes. Oh, listen to you. You're so good. Yeah. There's some weird thing on the bones. Hodgins is blaming basically automatically telling Zach he messed up, put too much peroxide in there or something. And Zach's like, no, it should be fine. And so we find out through this scene that based on like, looking at the bones more closely, that this kid was really sick. Like these bones were like messed up.
1: Which is so sad. Oh, here we go. Here we go with the sadness. So sad. Now we're at Capital Bowl. Booth shows up in a bowling outfit. To oh uh, my god, this shirt! As if I can't. I want that shirt so hard. (laughs) Brennan's with him. She does not understand the concept of bowling.
0: You know my last Um,
1: booth, right? (laughs) Yeah, you just you like Booth a little bit
0: no but my last name is booth i want to have that shirt it says booth on it it's so true
1: true that would be cool too
0: it also looks like he didn't iron it and it's too short
1: (laughs) i think it's been a while since he went bowling
0: i think it's shrank yeah
1: maybe but yeah he is in love with bowling we find out that he is like a super super good bowler Mm -hmm. he's won some uh some games and matches and awards in his time (laughs) um it's so interesting anyway so (laughs) Brennan is like well bowling's not really a sport like doesn't require any athleticism it's really like golf it's just an activity (laughs) he's so offended
0: this is all before he tells her how
1: much of a good bowler is like she's like oh my god she's She's like like, oh sorry like are you good at this sport (laughs) Uh, the thing I'm calling a sport now because I've obviously offended you like and when he tells oh no I can't hear you can't hear you wait wait
0: what happened oh no (laughs) we lost Brittany oh I pressed the
1: button on the top (laughs) I didn't know that's so great so yeah she's like feeling kind of bad she's dishing like dissing his sport then he tells her yeah like I've won I've won medals like I'm amazing at this sport like I bowl I when I bowl I get pure strikes (laughs) and she's like oh yeah well I won an award for a paper on physiological selection I I won awards too (laughs) I know she compares her awards she's trying to like
0: relate to him like yeah I got some awards too
1: (laughs) and he's like wow we live parallel lives.
0: <laughs> oh this is another interaction they have that is so funny. Like
1: oh my god it's amazing.
0: He's just so he's joking around with her and
1: like it's really adorable. Anyway, I just thought it was And so these fun. scenes like this the these conversations are definitely to develop characters because mm. we could have walked in and gone straight to the counter but instead we have this like little intro to this scene where they're at the bull- bowling alley we learn a little bit about booth we learn a little bit about their relationship yeah um they do end up talking to the man behind the counter mm-hmm. uh ted ted magruder mm-hmm. uh who is looking into the death uh, and sorry who is uh warren granger's old boss and they're telling him that they're looking into his death he had assumed that he had just found another job. Didn't want to give notice. He was kind of weird, nice kid, but like, just kind of thought, oh, okay. Like, I guess I'll hold on to his last paycheck if he ever wants to pick it up. Um, yeah. This scene is weird because Warren's friends from that group, doomsday group, they come by like wearing street clothes. Like, being kind of annoying to, uh, presumably, the wife of the owner. They're just being weird.
0: I I just thought that was, yeah, nothing came of that. Like, Brennan looked over at them. They were kind of messing around the pinball machines and their arcade machines or whatever. Like,
1: typical teenagers with angst. Being
0: rowdy. Whatever. Yeah. yeah. And Brennan was looking at them like,
1: I was waiting for something to happen. Waiting for her to be like this subgroup, I'm going to bring them to the ground.
0: Nothing happened.
1: No, nothing happened. They were just, they kind of just made the point. Yeah, they used to come in here like in their costumes, and we told them they could only have them on Halloween now. And okay, everything's fine. Right. Brennan gets a phone call while they're talking to this girl, Lucy, and her husband. So they get, uh, she gets a phone call and relays the information to Booth, uh, telling him that zach has just called and if warren had not died by being the victim of murder he actually would already have the, the, when he was murdered two months ago he actually already would have died by now because he was so sick and at that point they turn around and they leave they didn't yeah, really so get much information scene, from
0: yeah the so bowling then, people right they talked to the manager and his wife and but the scene where Brendan was looking at the rowdy teenagers like they were It was so weird. It was it made no sense. I don't understand why that was there. It was very maybe they were gonna do something with it. I don't know. So back at the FBI, we have the mother and the stepfather who are being questioned about Warren having leukemia and how the hell of the year. they
1: didn't even freaking notice. Like they're like, <laughs> how did you not notice your kid was like so sick?
0: The mother is totally shocked by the news that the cancer came back. Apparently he'd had it before because she was, she said he was in remission, but I guess it came back. And I just wrote that the stepfather is an asshole.
1: Oh yeah. Big time.
0: Like he's such a
1: dick. He's so brutal. Divorce him
0: so hard
1: after this. Like he, he couldn't even face reality. Like he was saying such horrible things about this kid. Who is dead? Like, have some... Who was murdered. Kindness. He was not even... That. He was murdered. It's so I brutal. He
0: wasn't even... Oh, my God, I'm so bad at this guy. He's a terrible man. Oh, He's a
1: bad, bad father.
0: <sighs> well, the booth then tries to sort of reassure the mother by saying that, you know, maybe Warren didn't want her to go through what she went through before when he had leukemia and she like agrees with him anyway i just these people are terrible parents
1: it's so sad (sighs) brennan in the next scene though calls booth out when they're not in front of the mother and says like you told her that the reason his her son didn't tell her about him being sick was to make he didn't want like her to feel bad or whatever And you said these things because you wanted her to feel better. Yeah. And Booth is like, yeah, Yeah. like, why wouldn't I? (laughs) Like, why would I, why would I tell the truth? And Booth, Booth says, like, it is possible that he didn't want to worry his mother and that's why he didn't tell him. But it's also possible that maybe he was caught up in the romance and the craziness of being this dying superhero and he had a lot of teen angst. (laughs) I said that like 15 times so far that maybe he didn't even it's maybe it's just not something that he wanted to bring up because he wanted to show himself that he could accomplish these things before he died and that he was a man. It was kind of like a a weird explanation, but it it sort of made sense, I guess. It was a weird way. Like they're basically saying he wanted to be a tough guy and yeah, Yeah, he didn't want to like,
0: it was a very, it was kind of romantic and very dramatic (laughs) way. Oh, 100%. To show that he was a tough guy. But uh, Angela Hodgins and Goodman um, are approaching Brennan and Booth while they're having this debate about why they think Warren would have done something like that by not telling his parents he was dying. And they're trying to draw parallels between Warren's life and his comic book.
1: But Brennan is not having
0: it at all.
1: She- oh, yeah. She's like, can we not can we just yeah. focus on the evidence? Like what we're hypothesizing. She's really mad but- about
0: this whole situation. Yeah.
1: And then we find out something that, like, hello, Angela, why did you not tell us earlier? This comic book that was in his bag, mm-hmm. well written by Warren, yeah. was actually drawn by Stu Ellis. Which, Stu, a.k.a. Steve, a.k.a. (laughs) a.k.a. Steve, (laughs) a.k.a. Stu. So Stu Ellis, if you recall, he was the manager. Yes. Yeah,
0: pretty crazy, right? So after they have all this pontification about, you know, how he was, you know, looking for a fight because he had nothing to lose. And then it was... Brendan somehow, she's the one who had the light bulb go off, realizing that he didn't draw because that when they were she's thinking about his room, like there were no drawings anywhere, like he didn't. There's no no art stuff, like he didn't draw anything. So somebody else drew his comic book. Turns out it was the dude who runs the comic book shop, which is
1: insane to me. What I found interesting or confusing though is she's saying this that he doesn't draw, but I thought when she did her pencil over the paper shading they realized that it was him writing this comic because it was there was a picture no because he wrote it longhand oh
0: which i don't know i don't know how listen i don't know i don't know but i don't know how comic book people do this i don't know how they share know some people do the dialogue boxes some people do the artwork some people write the story so it's just kind of like i don't know how they figure out who's going to do what and how they communicate but i guess yeah so aaron paul again who is five eight aka jesse pinkman aka Stu ellis aka comic book manager comic book store manager um and artiste yeah seems to have left
1: out this detail oops like why yeah and when we first met him he kind of like he acknowledged that he knew that he knew warren but he said like oh yeah i i I knew him he went he was part of these doomsday people and uh yeah he was a pretty nice guy (laughs) meanwhile he's like doing this intimate like You would have to be spending quite a bit of time to make sure that you're coordinating.
0: Exactly. We find out because Booth goes back to the comic book shop and, you know, roughs him up a little bit and says, what the hell? Like, you lied to us. Like, why aren't you telling us everything? And uh, they were going to, like, distribute this comic book. And they had, like, kind of financial obligations to each other. Like, they were going to go into business together with this comic book. And they'd had an argument or something about the marketing materials or something was going on between. They had some sort of conflict it doesn't matter. And um, anyway, and then it turns out that Aaron Paul slash Jesse Pinkman slash Duellis hooked up with Blue Minnow a few times. Oops.
1: Come on guy. Like, but it wasn't even really a love triangle because Warren didn't reciprocate with Abigail. Bloomino blue Bloomino. Blue it didn't seem like he really liked her either, this Ellis guy. No, he's just using her probably. Just using her. And she War- was in love with Warren. Exactly. And he was so sick of it. She was obsessed with with Warren is kind of how he talks about it. I just thought it was so brutal because she when Booth is talking to Ellis, he's like, "Okay, well, like, okay, you're painting a picture. Like, Abigail really liked Warren, and did that make you jealous? And yeah. like, made, and so you killed him. Yeah, I hated how. Yeah, like his response is terrible. He's like, I will read the whole sentence. Okay, do it, dude. Abby's cute in a chick geek kind of way." but she's definitely not that kind of Betty you would go to the death chamber for. Like, oh, stay away, Abigail. Have yeah, some self-respect.
0: Aaron Paul's character is very toxic. He's like super very. toxic. This is another re- issue I have with this depiction of comic book people where all the men are toxic. And anyway, just like, okay, they're not all and The
1: women are that. crazy and obsessive.
0: Yeah, it's just crazy. Regardless, moving on. They
1: basically moving on to scene twenty-one.
0: Move back away from Aaron Paul because they discover in this whole all the bone fragments. Brennan and Zach have found a piece of bone among the in the victim's uh, bones that isn't his bone. So they're very Da-da-da. excited. They're very excited because they're going to. Brennan decides to take over this bone and she doesn't want Zach to do anything with it. She wants to be the one responsible to graft some kind of DNA uh, profile off this bone because it's a very important piece of evidence. And she doesn't want, it's not that she doesn't want Zach to mess it up. It's just like, she doesn't want, she doesn't want him to be responsible for it. If there is a fuck up, you know what I mean? Like she wants to take responsibility if there's something messes up which is a very managerial yeah
1: which he seems a little bit hurt by because i think that he interprets interprets it as oh but i like i usually do that for you like you don't trust me to do this and even though her explanation is logical i think to him it's like oh okay well hopefully the bone came from the murderer and then yeah if you do the testing then we'll know like more information about it and okay yeah yeah that that that's good
0: well, it could identify this guy's murderer, which is important, like in a court case, when they go to trial, that they have the right, they don't want some random intern slash student be doing the, uh, uh, the evidence gathering, because then it, they could question it at trial. So that's why. exactly over. So that
1: that's all. I really appreciate well, well, that. Interesting. This is a nice detail, you know, It was a nice detail, and then it goes even further in the next scene when we find out because we're lucky. We don't have to wait to see this bone get analyzed. Yes. It happens right away in the next scene. Mm -hmm. Um, What I find so interesting is that this tiny little fragment of bone, just from that, they're able to, if done properly, they're able to tell the age, sex, and race of the killer. Wild. That's unbelievable. So, just a small piece.
0: What it was a small piece, but what she did was she grafted, right? She just shaved off a piece of it. And then she takes this piece and she de- dissolved it in some kind of solution and then put it through the whatever the DNA machine or whatever it's called. So, that's pretty, that's a really cool sciencey thing, you know? It's, unbelie- yeah, it's unbelievable. Yeah, it's unbelievable. So cool. Yeah, it's really cool. <laughs> I thought it was so cool, but what was even more cool was this conversation she and Booth has.
1: Like, yes.
0: Another moment in this episode where they have this sort of intimate back and forth that they were so complimentary to each other in this scene. They
1: were. There's oh, very yeah. little fighting. <laughs> no, they're
0: like they barely fought. And you know what? That's nice. This episode was like
1: there wasn't a lot of fighting. <laughs> yeah, it was nice. They actually got along. Yeah. <laughs> she wasn't ripping his head off. It was great. Yeah. Yeah, it was nice. They yeah, they have a moment where she's kind of like, "You know what? Like you think I'm like Warren, but I don't have superpowers. I rely on science." And he was immersing himself in this fantasy world, but like I live in the real world and I I live in reality. And booth sort of explains to her like but you're fighting crime fighting being able to fight crime with the tools that you have the real life tools that you have that is a superpower to your average person exactly and which is incredible like it's so well said yeah i know and then she said his superpowers were
0: lying to people to make them feel better
1: she was trying to be nice (laughs)
0: but somehow through all of this uh, she. this is so funny in my notes I wrote like I can't be bothered to rewind this so I was like I can't be bothered to rewind this so I don't know she figures out because of where the bone fragment was found how the person was murdered blah 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 all these things she determines that the person who uh, murdered Warren would have an injury on their left hand side and this gives us Lots of information.
1: It really Thank does. Thank you for your superpowers.
0: Yeah. So, yeah, Boo says, there you go. You're seeing superpowers.
1: So, uh, what, what happens next? So, Brennan had observed that she made the observation between the comic book and this new revelation that they need to go back to Capitol Bowl and they need to talk to Lucy in particular. The uh the owner's wife, is she had noticed when she was there earlier that Lucy was favoring her left si- or favoring her right side, I think. Mm-hmm. Which, finally, they they ask they ask the, her husband like, oh yeah, go get the the check that this kid never picked up, and they Brennan's able to talk to her directly briefly, but enough time asking her what's wrong with her left side, why she's favoring her right side. And she makes some comment about how she, oh yeah, my ribs. Yeah, you're right. My ribs are cracked on my left side because I fell on the um, on the lanes. And ultimately we come to the conclusion that this is a very unfortunate situation hmm. of spousal abuse, that Lucy yeah. is being beaten by her husband.
0: Oh, yeah. Um, so, Brennan diagnoses her basically with a couple of cracked ribs just by looking at her and how she's favoring her body, her, which side of her body. And then, which uh, is
1: also incredible. That's a superpower.
0: It's a <laughs> superpower. She's got a lot of them, this woman. Um, she does. So the husband comes back from his little errand that they sent him on so that they could talk to the wife. And Brennan is so mad at this guy. She just hates him. She's giving him like the total hair oh, yeah. eyeball. And she's like, see you in the comic books. Twisted. She's like so mad at him. She's trying to be a smart ass. And then it's like, yeah, no, it's see you in the funny papers. That's what you're supposed to say.
1: Good try.
0: (laughs) Oh, my God. (laughs) But again, this another. I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, you go. I just they walk away from this interaction with the wife. And Booth and Brennan are like barely five feet away and they're already talking about the husband like while they're, they can totally hear them talking. But anyway, another interaction between Booth and Brennan and Brennan was being really, I thought, very cute. She's like, you have to arrest him right now. She just wants Booth to arrest this guy for domestic abuse.
1: (laughs) It's interesting because like, I think your average person would feel that way. Like, you're seeing that there's this spouse being abused. Yeah. Brennan reacted immediately the way that I think I would react to. Like, arrest him. Like, what the hell? You know. But they need evidence. Even though they know now. Yeah. Spoiler alert. Not so spoiler because we now know.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, that opalescence is Lucy. Yes. That the, the, this blue woman from the comics is Lucy. And her husband is the villain, the Twisted, a.k.a the guy from the marvel comics thor what is his name again thanos. with all those rubies
0: thanos
1: <laughs> thanos yes thanos the twisted
0: yeah brennan's really feeling quite helpless here and she's upset about this situation which you know i'll come clean i've been in very bad situations with partners in the past i've had i had one in particular who hit me and it was really hard um it's a weird psychology that you can get yourself into. And, you know, for anyone who's in that situation, it's really difficult to leave. It's very hard to leave uh, because oftentimes um, there's so much that goes along with that. You know, you carry all of your psychology with you all your life, like all of your, everything that affected you, your whole life, you bring into your relationships So I, you know, I'm in a place at the time where I was super insecure, low self-esteem, low confidence, also drinking. I was obviously an active alcoholic at the time, really, really, really low time in my life. Um, And I'm in a place where I feel trapped. I'm financially dependent. I'm it's, you know, there's all these factors that you have in these domestic abuse situations. And it is disheartening. I had friends. I've lost friends over. I lost friends when I was in that relationship because people didn't understand why I stayed. There's a weird thing that happens where you believe that no one else will love you. That no one will love you. You know what I mean? Like this person does. It's a really strange mentality to find yourself in.
1: They touch on that very lightly in this episode. I think that they definitely could have explored it a bit more. Um, thanks for sharing, by the way. Oh, of course, that's I I'm, you're I'm in this amazing be... relationship, so obviously you're in a way better place, <laughs> but it's it is the reality for unfortunately a lot of women and men um that find themselves in that situation, and I think that they they do try to talk about it a little bit because Brennan doesn't get it, Brennan doesn't understand how this woman could stay with um, her husband and booth tries to explain like there's like spouse he calls it spousal abuse syndrome i guess Um, well yeah
0: they called it battered wife syndrome too yeah you know like there's all kinds of names for it and like there's so many
1: reasons
0: it is a true baffling mystery and i even have friends to this day modern current time friends who don't understand why someone would stay yeah it's so hard to explain that you know it's like why people find themselves in all kinds of compromising situations and yeah very vulnerable situations so yeah i don't uh i i agree they could have talked about it a bit more and spent a little less time with the doomsday group perhaps yeah focusing on that subculture weird and creepy cosplayers are and maybe focus a bit more on the domestic abuse angle and that would have been more helpful. But you know what, we have a lot of uh other episodes I'm sure it'll come up again.
1: Oh, 100%. Anyway. And so you know was- what, they do their best to try to cover a multitude of um Pooches, yeah, various topics, so mm. it's a show. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So what we do end at- up back at the Jeffersonian. Yes, what happened with Zach and Booth and Brennan? They are basically concluding that they need to find the weapon that if we're going to be able to, if we're going to be able to arrest this Magruder guy, is they're realizing okay the bone the DNA came back the bone chip found in the neck came from a Caucasian male mid 30s. I totally thought this guy was way older, but they're like okay. Magruder yeah for sure I'm like mid-30s I'm mid-30s like (laughs) no, I'm way younger than this guy yeah (laughs) anyway so they're like okay I can get a warrant booth is like I can get a warrant we can search the house just based on that but we do need like we need a weapon unless we can figure out what the weapon is then there's not much more we can do at this point. <laughs> right. So what happens next? We're at the Angelator. We're looking at weapons. Well, we're looking at that, another
0: what? another interesting interaction between Booth and Brennan happens because they decide Brennan. Oh, they needed evidence. Oh, that's right. They're trying to figure out the weapon situation. So they were talking about the comic book again and trying to see if there's a weapon in particular that this character, Citizen 14, I think he's called. Exactly. Uh, So maybe he carries a weapon in the comic book that would compare to the weapon that he was murdered with. Like, they're just trying to... And then Brendan's like, wait a minute, why would you think that? He's like, well, because his comic, there's some of it that would be based in reality in his own life. And then Brendan says, well, okay, give me an example. Like... Tell me in my books, how, does, how do my books compare to real life? I don't know if this has to do with the weapon, but it had to do with the fantasy versus reality aspect of the comic book life. And so Booth says, okay, let's look at my character, for instance. In your books, uh, your partner is, speaks six languages. He's a former Olympic boxer and all these things. And then she says he goes... The same. And he goes and in reality you got me <laughs> and she says to him uh basically like yeah so it's like a huge disappointment like fan- the reality never lives up to the fantasy is what they were because they were talking about uh reality versus fantasy in the comic books so that i just thought that <laughs> He's was like an- thanks <laughs> yeah but he didn't take it too personally he was just no. he was joking like she was joking around like oh well I guess the, you know, the reality doesn't really live up to the fantasy does it
1: <laughs> I just thought that was really cute oh it was cute I got it was talk. very cute they were flirting so hard I love them I think that they have great chemistry we will see what happens we are four scenes from the end of this episode okay, go. where are we so now we're at the angulator we're looking at various weapons like you said Mm. um there's speculation that the weapon could be one of citizen 14's various weapons he uses uh ultimately we find out it is not however bones real or booth realizes while they go through all these different uh, simulations that he knows what drab real world thing was used to actually murder warren granger they don't tell us what yet so i'm not going to spoil it <laughs> but they end up in the car again mm-hmm. they're driving and this is where they have the conversation about how brennan doesn't understand why lucy would stay with this individual right because they call dispatch and realize that or dispatch calls them sorry and they had sent a car to the house to their uh, marital home to check out the situation they wanted to try to arrest them right they wanted to serve a warrant because they wanted to search the place but they're not there and there's signs of flight so they say okay reroute a, a car to the bowling alley hopefully they're there we're gonna go there And Booth originally asked, like, is the wife, the wife also isn't there? Mm -hmm. Like, so somewhat surprised that she would have gone with him. But sure enough, she's fled with them. And when they get to Capitol Bowl, they find them together with the husband clearing out some cash. Sort of in a panic to get going. Being really obvious, right? Oh, yeah. Like they're not even trying to hide it. They left the door unlocked. Booth and Brennan walk straight in. Yes. No big deal. Lucy's trying to stop her husband from from fleeing because she's like, I know you wouldn't, you wouldn't have killed Warren. I know you wouldn't have.
0: Mm-hmm. You
1: wouldn't have done that. Right. Except Booth and Brennan walk in. Yeah. And they start describing to Lucy what injury the person who killed warren would have had what type of instrument which was a three-sided knife a triangular three-sided knife a a bevel knife yeah which was used to clean out the holes in the bowling ball Mm -hmm. and she realizes at that moment you can kind of see it yeah reaction changes immediately Mm
0: -hmm.
1: and she grabs the toolbox yep grabs out the knife mm-hmm. shows yeah. it to Brennan he goes like something like this like Brennan yeah. convinces her to go get the knife she's like I know exactly
0: what you're talking about and hands it over to Brennan so it's basically like she's realizing all oh, this moment like my husband killed this guy like yeah wow. could you imagine if your husband did that you'd be like that would be shit.
1: unbelievable like that I can't even imagine what this character was feeling in the moment. You can see the actress is quite, was very talented. I thought yeah, she was portrayed great. this character who was like having this realization. Yeah. That was like, so like, no, I I'm not going to leave this guy for myself, but this is some poor kid who he's now hurt. Yeah. um, And even though Ted the whole time, her husband is saying like, you need a warrant. I'm not going to give you anything. She's like, sure. Here you go. Yeah. Um, she finally- And While this is happening. Yeah. Brennan then, after getting the knife, makes up makes the point. Oh, your your husband, the person who killed killed uh, Warren, would have an injury on his left arm. Uh-huh. Yeah. And sure enough, she she walks over. And Lucy's like, oh, my God. Like, this is this is him. Like, it it was him. He killed this kid. Yeah. And Brennan, we get some violence out of her. Yes, finally. It's been a couple episodes. And she hits his upper left arm with her elbow. And sure enough, he's groaning. The wound he has starts bleeding because sure enough, that bone fragment was in fact from him. Mm hmm. And he makes an attempt to hit Brennan, which she blocks right away, flips him over the pool table.
0: Yeah, (laughs) he totally crumples. I was laughing because I was like excited because she like hit him in the in the. Oh, yeah. I was like, ow, even I felt that like I was like, ow. And then he actually tried to hit her like he was going to wallop her with a punch. And I was like, oh, boy, here we go. Finally, she gets to like totally bring this guy to his
1: knees uh, oh yeah and when they put the handcuffs on him i was like yeah i felt so satisfied i yeah. was like not only have they taken a poor like a kid killer into custody but also a wife beater mm-hmm. this is a double whammy yeah. and i hope this guy rots in- and <laughs> <laughs> yeah it
0: was very very exciting and like Booth was like running over to handcuff him and saying, "It's okay, it's okay, everything's okay." think you. Like he's just like trying to calm down Brennan because she's so like full of beans and she's so riled up. So the end of the the next scene we have we're back at the FBI and they're talking to Lucy and she's being interviewed to get some more information out of him, and she admits that Warren was aware. Like she Warren did see him abuse him, her, he he saw it happen like maybe more than once, and she's like genuinely she is a good actress. She's like crying. She's like, man, she's more upset than the mother was at this point. That oh Warren. yeah,
1: she's like Warren's dead. This is so sad. The mother was like, oh, unfortunately, he died. <laughs> <laughs> and he had cancer and didn't tell me okay oh my Excellent. god <laughs> and here we are at another freaking funeral
0: for a kid god
1: oh i could only hope that we don't have too many more kids dying uh episodes but
0: and here we are like do they always invite the investigating officers to funerals i didn't know that that happened
1: I didn't know that either. I did sure. find this, even though I thought that was a bit weird, I did find this scene to be a really fitting, beautiful ending to this story. Right. Which I didn't get closure on the last episode, so I was really, really happy that we got closure on this one. <laughs> exactly. Um, Angela, because this is a this comic book that was in Warren's bag, was a work in progress. It wasn't finished yet. So Angela takes it upon herself because she is both an artiste and apparently a writer now um she takes it upon herself to finish this comic book and they give it to lucy and it flips open the wind kind of flips open to the last page and and we see that citizen 14 um has taken twisted and put them behind bars and opalescence is holding her arms out saying, thank you. So it's sort of a fitting ending. I'm um,
0: so happy that you wrote all those details down because I was not paying attention to it at all with the story. <laughs> I was just like, it was like a montage of like funeral con- like illustrating. And then you don't know who's doing the illustrating until the end. You find out that it's, Yeah. Extra. And I was just, it was just weird. They gave the comic book to Lucy and like not his family.
1: Yeah. And then Lucy ends up, even after all that hard work, Lucy ends up putting it on top of the Puts coffin. it on the
0: coffin? Wasted all that? Exactly.
1: Yeah. Ah. Also, like, it is very sad that this kid died. Yeah. But I found it a bit over the top that Booth places his sharpshooter medal on the casket
0: i was like is that a thing first of all second what the hell
1: booth yeah you don't even know this guy i thought that was a bit much like i could see for a character like for for a if it was like a relative
0: or a former uh police officer that he knew uh yeah school with or something like or Cullen, somebody like Colin or, um, why would he give them that medal? It's weird,
1: right? Yeah, it seemed a little excessive. And is but... that something that they actually have? Is that a real thing, that badge? I guess so. Honestly, I was, I wrote down that I wanted to mention to you at the end of this, that we got two things that we haven't seen in a while. Yeah. We got violence from Brennan. Yes. And we got a mention of the fact that he's a sniper. <laughs> All in one think, episode. But that only because of that pin? Just because of the pin. Yeah,
0: but that, that sharpshooter pin isn't about his sniping. That's from when, because um, it was L.A.,
1: Los Angeles, or was it? What was the sharpshooter pin from? I don't know. I just assumed that it was from his, like, sniping.
0: Yeah, but why would but they you? But you might be right. Why would they give you a pin for that? That's terrible. Yeah.
1: <laughs> okay, now that I'm, thinking I'm of doing it. it.
0: I'm looking it up. I'm gonna look it up. I'm sorry, I know Okay, it's planned, but I while have- you're looking no. that up,
1: I also just want to point out that that girl, Abigail, was also at the funeral, like creepily looking on, but also she's crying and it's very sad, but just kind of standing there and she's in her blue minnow costume it's unusual but i stand by the fact that i thought this scene was quite nice because it did give me some closure like like i said on like the last episode um where we get to see yes okay this kid has passed away but he passed away protecting someone that he felt needed to be protected and he was going to pass away anyway so this kind of gave his I think that it kind of gave his life almost a little bit more meaning which I I think he was looking for
0: sorry was Lumino at the funeral
1: yeah she was like creepily looking on from like a distance she wasn't there then she was away like looking
0: from afar
1: yeah from afar see
0: I think that it would be more normal for her to be there than Angela
1: Yes, because <laughs> she was someone who was, well, in theory, friends with Warren. So, what is the sharpshooter medal for? I'm looking
0: up the sharpshooter pin, but all I see is like they're marksmanship pins that you get for like marksmanship in the army for shooting specific
1: types of guns. It's, I, I think that that, I think it's related to his time in the army. But why is he giving it to this kid? Because he's being super sentimental and being Booth, who we don't always understand.
0: (laughs) It doesn't make sense to me.
1: No, it's super random. He probably has a ton. (laughs) Like, in reality, he's like, I'm a killer. You know what? He probably has like a whole drawer full of Like Yeah, like a whole chest full at the end of his bed. But we did end up with a beautiful comic that Angela spent the whole episode working on and oh, then weird. it got buried with him.
0: I'm just looking up Seely Booth sharpshooter pin. I'm obsessed. Oh, Booth places sharpshooter pin from the police department. So, okay, it's from the
1: police. Weird. Let's say how did you like this show? How did you like the episode? I liked it. I thought it was sad, which we kind of talked about already. But I do like that there was a very distinct like beginning, middle, end, which we didn't get in the last episode, which I've mentioned like five times now. (laughs) So I definitely like that. As far as characters go, I wish that there had been a bit more Hodgins because I do like him, even though that's something we don't agree on. (laughs) I do like Zach, that Zach's character was developed a bit more. He's already likable, but he his likability definitely increased even more. Angela, I feel like this episode actually gave her purpose because we got to see her focus on her art and help the story kind kind of conclude itself. unlike some episodes where it's literally like, I added a smile to this sketch, and they're <laughs> like, Oh yeah, we already identified him with dental gr- d- d- dental records. We didn't need that. Yeah, take the day off,
0: Angela. Exactly. Oh, <laughs> oops. Yeah, they actually used her in this one
1: for sure. They used her. We saw Goodman get used a little bit. Like you said, it sounded it seemed more like contractual for the actor than anything. So his character was a little bit wasted, I thought, in this episode. But my favorite part is that Booth and Brennan, their flirtatious relationship starts to really take off at this point, I think. This is where we start to see sort of that flirty behavior back and forth and less yelling at each other, which is cute. I liked it. What did you think?
0: Uh, All of the above. I like it. Zach, again, great character. I think he had the most character development. And then the relationship between Booth and Brennan was had a lot of, I mean, obviously, I don't know what happens in next episode yet. So they'll probably go back to their bickering. But I really enjoyed how much they, you know, worked. Well, I guess the last episode, they worked as a team. So they were getting better. And then this episode, they were like, yeah, they were, like, really kind of flirty and intimate, and I, I appreciated that. Like, they're just... I like it. the science details, again, with a lot of interesting details, you know what I mean? Especially with the shaving of the bone and, you know, identifying all these specific things about the murderer, and then also the whole boiling of the bones. And it just, it's quite... I like these little things that they insert that are most likely real things you know similar and i really am curious about this uh bought this 9600 year old body that was found in china that that brennan was studying at the beginning of the episode i really am yeah that's
1: true if that we should look thing. into that and then we can talk about it maybe in the next episode yeah we can bit. talk about it next
0: time i might do a little uh retroactive research you know i like it yeah on that note Thank you, everyone, for listening. This is fantastic. and by next week, I think our friend Brittany
1: is gonna be a your
0: mother. You're gonna be a crazy, mom. so crazy.
1: That's so crazy. So who knows when we're gonna be able to record again at this point? So if this baby stays in, maybe next week I'll keep you posted. Touch and go, touch and go, girl. Touch, touch and, go. and go. I did already watch the next episode. Okay, so I'm ready. You're primed. I got to make some notes, but. Yeah, you're primed. I'm ready. That's good. (laughs) I'll call you from the hospital. Like, let's do this.
0: We'll keep in touch. I'm very excited for for you. Everybody pray that it's a natural, easy, no problems. Brittany barely says any gibberish while she's uh, pushing it out kind of situation. Exactly.
1: And that the baby's smaller than they think he is. That would be great. (laughs) (laughs)
0: Given our discussion about domestic violence today, I wanted to share a couple of links for people to search up if they need help or know someone who needs help or just wants to educate themselves. We're in Canada, so my resources are Canadian. My first stop would be to the Government of Canada website where they offer resources that you can link to locally through their family violence page. Which can be found at Canada.ca, public health, services, health promotion, stop family violence services. You can also go to CanadaHelps.org, where they have a very comprehensive list of violence and abuse charities that you can donate to, and specific charities that focus on violence against women. We appreciate your all being open to listening to this discussion and our email is available. My DMs on squintcast at uh, TikTok and Instagram are open. Our email again is squintcastpodcast at gmail.com. Thank you so much for being part of this journey and uh, we'll see you next time. Thanks for listening to Squintcast with me, Kelly Booth, and my and your new friend, Brittany Elsner. The Bones theme is performed by The Crystal Method. They can be found on Instagram and YouTube at The Crystal Method and at TheCrystalMethod.com. Intro and outro music is by Twisterium at Pixabay. You can find us on Instagram and TikTok at Squintcast. Email us at SquintcastPodcast at gmail.com. You can find me at fab underscore empire underscore on Instagram and TikTok. Brittany can be found at Brittany 81523 on Instagram. See you next time. Hodgins!